Hey you guys, it's Kayla, or aka Kilowatt. Actually, it's Kayla. <laughs> Usually, I um, I give you my nickname and then I <sighs> fucking jam on about what I want to talk about. But if you ever feel like um, you're so done with crying you're like so done i'm really done like i'm fucking over it like i'm so tired of fucking crying i can't i am certain that my immune system is like so limited um so let's get started i'll just jump into it So, (laughs) my mom is a really strong woman. She's so strong, and I love her so much. And (sighs) she's gone through a lot, and I'm not going to get into detail. I won't tell everybody anything. I just... Because I respect her privacy and her own personal space. And I don't want to tell her story until she allows me to tell it. I'm so sorry that I'm crying. Like, this is so fucked. And um, I'm like, I'm really ready for another time to flip over and begin. Because this is a lot. And um, like, as wonderful as my mom is. She has her own shit that she's dealt with in her life. And, um, like, I think, truthfully, I think she's probably on the spectrum a lot. And a lot of people on the spectrum have a super hard time, especially women, um, conveying in a manner that, that, that shows that they love somebody. And I know that my mom loves me. Like, that's never been a question. It's just... It's just taken some time for me to understand how the love felt and like where it was and and what it was and how it was placed and it's a great love and it's there's not you don't compare people that you love to anyone else because every person that's ever loved you is inherently different and unique. <coughs> they're so unique and they're so different from the other. That's the beauty of falling in love with people. And so, um, I grew up with my mom. It was just her and I. And, uh, I had a mom that worked a lot. She worked a lot. And it wasn't just the same as it's not my choice to leave my kids as much as I do. Just the same as it wasn't my choice to leave Jake in his earlier years because I was going to school full time. And I had, you know, to feed him. And so I was working like two jobs and I was going to school and I just had my eye on the prize and I was going to get that degree, that diploma and um, the title of geologist. Uh, Before I realized when my best friend died that titles don't really fucking matter. 
my entire perspective shift began when Addison left because she was the youngest, most successful healthcare coordinator that Princeton Village has ever seen. And she inspired so many people. And I remember the day that she got it, she was like, oh my God, I can't believe I did it. I finally did it. And Addison is my best friend, if you guys don't know. Actually, she was my late best friend. I'm working on the new one, and I love the fuck out of all of them. <laughs> I may not have one, but I have a lot of beautiful women in my life. And so, um, <sighs> I, I always gave everything I had for the vision that I had inside of me because I'm a hyper-focused individual. Same with my mom. When my mom got pregnant, she was hyper-focused. She decided, look, I'm going to get my nursing degree. I'm going to save enough money to get this little girl and I a place to stay. And ever since I took my first breath, she's always had a goal. Always. Every fucking day, she had a goal an overall goal of what she wanted to attain, and usually it was something of monetary gain. But because I've always been someone that didn't understand what money was, like, I get it. Money buys you nice shit. I get it. Like, I do. But I really, truly see just, a, like, it's mostly a trade. It's just a trade of energy and time for something that you desire and feel that will validate yourself. Um, and the trick is, to never see people as a way to validate yourself because that's how you isolate yourself. People know on a soul level when you're using them as a tool. And usually if you are, it's because you've been taught that that's how it is. And I look back on the trauma that my great that my grandmother had. Even my great-grandmother, like, we've had trauma in our family for generations, which is why this year when I discovered some trauma in my own children's lives, I was like, oh, so it continues. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be dramatic. Like, I'm really not. But it's like, it's just, a, it's, a, it's like a sequential order of events that continually play themselves out even when like and the worst part is it's what I least expect it like my last podcast was kind of negative and and just shitty and I was like yo I'm gonna put like a positive podcast out I thought about that today and I was like okay this is what you're gonna focus on this is what you're gonna do and then I got I got into my car uh to get ready to go to work and I got a text Brett that said his mom had broken her back. That's uh, that's like a big fucking deal because she did it a few years ago, just before the wedding. By just a few years ago, years ago, I mean like uh, thirteen, almost fourteen, and I remember her having to wear the back brace at the wedding. might have been just after it might have actually been Kim's wedding if I think about it but I have a horrible concept of time just FYI so anyway uh so Brad's mom her name is Shelly or Michelle 
And my own mother is such an amazing, like, pillar of strength. And I met this beautiful woman named Shelly, and she looked at me on our wedding day, and she said to me, she's like, you're mine. Like, I don't care what happens from this moment on, but I want you to know that you're mine. And I know that that would really bother my mom because my mom's always been very defensive and very, like, uh, possessive of me to a degree. And not because she intended to, but because everything in her life has always been taken. She's always had to fight for what was her. She's a fucking fighter. There's a reason why she was given the role to make, you know, really young moms in Multnomah County strong, independent woman. You don't take a fucking bitch that doesn't know how to fight for what she loves and how to stand her ground without taking a woman who knows what her worth is. And unfortunately, my mom has seen that her own personal worth is, is very heavily dependent on other people. Um, when she came in just fine, but unfortunately somebody continually sent the message to her that she was not enough just the way she was. She had a, a really, like, uh, an orthodox childhood, if that's the way to say it. And I won't go into detail, but I mean, it's the same as Jake and, and Braylon and, and myself. And so we come from very unique backgrounds and that's great because it makes our perspective very unique at the same time. It also kind of gives us a little bit, uh, sharper edges and a lot more work in the self-love department. Like I didn't have a whole lot of people that backed me growing up. It was just my mom and my aunt. Uh, that was about it. Like, for real, that was it. <laughs> I had Toots. He and I don't really talk anymore. I love him, but Toots is a family friend of my mom's. And when they stop talking, we stop talking. So every kind of channel or avenue of uh, connection that I had to the outside world was through my mother. And as somebody who has lost things that she loved uh, because I failed to defend them properly... I realized why my mom always kept me, she kept me super close. She kept me so close. And I know why. Because she was trying to protect me and she was also trying to defend what she presumed was hers or maybe not in a possession form, but she didn't want to lose the relationship that she had with me. So she kept me close as priority number one. And when you put someone as priority number one, you sort of fail to see your own personal worth in the grand scheme of things. And you sort of start to do different things that sabotage that relationship by being too clingy or, and she wasn't clingy, but it was just, this is complicated. So I'm trying to explain to you a relationship that I have with a woman that I have a lot of respect for, that I love, but also understanding the difference between someone who was given, uh, unconditional love. So 
my mother did not receive unconditional love as a young child. She, she had lots of love, but it was always conditional. She was always proving herself and that's not her fault. She didn't fucking ask for that. It's just what happened. And you have Shelly and she always had this unconditional love where she was able to be her best self all the time and like everybody fucking loved her for it. And it didn't matter if she fell down. It didn't matter. People would always pick her back up. She had this amazing support unit. So it's great. And so I've been like lucky enough in this life to experience two very strong women who identified as my mom, whether they were my birth mom or not, but stood there and said to me, you're mine. And I remember when my mom said that to me when I was little. And so when Shelly said that to me when I got married, I was like, whoa, like, dude. And so tonight, um, I just had to realize that like this fucking whole family of people, whether we're like getting along or not. We just keep getting hit like wave after wave. Like we just lost Malia. Like the divine feminine energy in our family is dwindling and I just I don't know what to do. Because the last time that Shelly broke her back, they said to her, Look, you won't walk again if you do this. You need to take it easy. And so, while Shelly, Brett's mom, does try to take it easy, she also doesn't know any other way other than just hard work. Same as my mom. Like, my mom doesn't take it easy. And so I just, I come from this long line of women, you know, genetically that fight and they don't rest and they keep pushing and they keep pushing and I'm actually pushing and I'm fucking weak and I'm sick and I'm tired. I feel broken because these women that I draw strength from are dying or they're getting hurt and it's just... I'm trying to be so strong for these fucking little girls in our family. I want to be strong for Hadley and Grace and Evie and Braylon and I just... I can't fucking handle it, dude. My little baby D Skylar is like everything. And I'm falling apart and I don't even want to talk to her because they just know I'm a mess. It's so... It's like we're that first leg of the generation that's supposed to pick up the reins. Like, Missy is Shelly's daughter. She's my sister-in-law. Heather, my sister-in-law. Grace, my sister. Emily is Malia's daughter. Amy is Shelly's daughter. And so, like, all these women, like, we're having to step into this powerful position where we handle shit. None of us are ready. It doesn't feel like any of us are ready. Like, like Heather is so very much giving and loving to her two kids, and uh, or three kids total. Sorry, her two autistic kiddos, Hadley and Fergie. So they require constant attention. 
Missy is so affiliated with the church and backing up her granny and dealing with, you know, Emily losing Malia and, and homeschooling Grace. <coughs> and I'm so sorry that I'm like whispering this podcast. But I feel like so lost because the two women that were like the strength of this family have fallen. My mom is down for the count because she's got knee surgery and she's coming back. She's going to PT and she's putting the work in. But Malia has passed on and Shelly's in the hospital at OHSU with a broken back. And she's never going to walk again. For a woman who can't ever sit down. Who's never stopped going? Who's never gonna walk again? Oh my god, I can't. I can't even finish this fucking podcast. I'm so sorry. I just. I had to put it out because I will either fucking lay down and lose it. Like choked it at the start, or I'll just put the words out, and maybe I could get some sleep. Cause I don't have anybody to talk to. But I don't want to bug anybody. I'm tired of being the person that tells people about their fucking drama. Like I just want my fucking life to flip around. I just I want to run away. I want to disappear. I want to go. And I can't because I love everybody I'm intertwined with and I'm entangled in this mess of a life that's surrounded by love and beauty and sadness and death. And I'm... It's hard. So this is Kilowatt. Just, uh... Just podcasting with Kayla. But I love you guys. I really do. Good night.